Alrighty, the Astros, they took care of business in Arlington. They swept the Rangers, and outside of the first inning, Christian Javier looked pretty good. He had a little struggles in the first inning, but overall, he had a pretty good game. Uh, Jose Altuve, he looks like he's rounding into form. And what is going on with Michael Conforto? Is this legit? Are the Astros really going out there, and they're going to sign a free agent who hasn't played baseball in a a long time we're going to talk about this and more on this edition of the locked on astros podcast hello and welcome to locked on astros your daily astros podcast here are your hosts eric the man heisman and brett h-town wheelhouse chancy We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric. Find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can you find you at? They can find me at HTown Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram and at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros. You can also find me at HTown Wheelhouse on TikTok, baby. Come see me. All right, you can find the show on TikTok as well, Locked on Astros. Go subscribe to us there, and make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Keep on, keep us growing, keep the good times rolling. Give us a big like while you're at it, and go ahead and make us your first listen on the way to work, on the way home from work, or even at work if you want to, and just make us your first listen on whatever podcasting thing you want to listen to, Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen, just make us your first listen. And today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. Vroom is, uh, you can buy your car completely online and have it delivered straight to you. So you never have to go to dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. And so, yes, um, I, I kind of feel like all these rumors about Michael Conforto is kind of like going to Vroom. I mean, you don't know what you're getting. You're just kind of ordering a um, DH outfielder online who well, maybe can't play outfield, and you don't know I, what you're going to get. <laughs> well, I don't know. That might not be giving – no, I think Vroom, you know what you're getting, and that's why you go there because they, they – actually, this is the opposite of Vroom. Like, Vroom is what you do when you know what you're getting, like a Justin Verlander in 2017. Um, going to some other lame mail order car place would be like, what is what the heck is this? Right. Michael Conforto. Um, what kind of engine is there a scat pack? You know, how many horses does the engine have? You know, zero to 60. How fast is this car? Um, there is a lot of speculation out there. And, you know, obviously it's something that we're going to hit on throughout the show. And I don't want to take the whole first first part of the show. Because, you know, there was a huge Ranger sweep and we need to talk about that. But, and I, and I'll just throw my two cents in there. Um, this completely caught me off guard. Like, this is not something that's on the radar. And, and the, the thing that's concerning, concerning to me is, you know, the fact that Boris said this will be for a DH spot only. I, I just don't see why a team would offer a player who can only play DH right now two years, $30 million if he's unproven. And the, trust me, there's all kinds of accounts reporting stuff legit accounts that you know but there's other accounts that are reporting stuff and i would just say be be cautious of who you listen to and who you let lead you down the primrose because it's very easy to get tied up in this and it's very good very easy to get up to get tied into false rumors 
or speculation that will never happen. So we're going to basically go with what we understand the situation has been reported by actual people and what we think of that. So that's what we're going to do here. We're not going to make any calls or speculations or say that Locked on Astros is sources because that's not what we're here to do. Right. And according to Pat Regazzo, he's a beats writer. He was the one that kind of broke the news or the rumor earlier. He said that the uh, Astros have report, have reportedly offered him a two years, the $30 million, like you said, and but the deal expires tonight because if they're going to uh, offer him this deal, they want him for the playoffs and they would have to have him on the team, on the 40-man roster before uh, midnight tonight or whatever the deadline is tonight. So, yes, he did have um, – he was about to sign – or a lot of teams, there's a lot of speculation this offseason that he was going to sign with the team. But then uh, Boris announced that he had a major uh, shoulder surgery back in April. He's reportedly healthy, and he's been playing uh, independent baseball. So we don't know how healthy he is, how um, he's probably not going to play outfield. Like you said, last time he played baseball was 2021. He batted 232 with a 729 OPS, 14 home runs, 55 RBIs. Uh, in his heyday back in 2019, he batted 257 with 33 home runs, 92 RBIs. So um, he is a guy that you can maybe get on a prorated salary for uh, $15 million. I don't know how, that, how much that would actually be. I'm not going to do the math for the rest of the season. But uh, it's, it's not going to be a lot for the rest of this year. But my thing is, like, why the next year? I guess in order to get him to c- agree to come here for, what, a month and then the playoffs, you would have to guarantee the next season – to get him to come over here. And so I think that's why the, um, the second year is uh, coming into play. So there may be other teams that are going to playoffs and they're like, Hey, we want to keep him, the, him away from the Astros. But at the same time, <laughs> we have Alvarez who plays DH. We have uh, Mancini who um, probably needs to play DH or he's going to play first base, or maybe we'll see him play some more left field with the situation. But uh, if this does happen, if this does happen sometime before the end of the day today, that would be a interesting move for the Astros. They're going to go out there. They're not satisfied with the team they have for the playoffs. And that right. would be a bold move. But yeah, it would be, I would say it would be even, it would be a bold move if Conforto could play outfield, right? And mm-hmm. we would know exactly why he would be brought to this team. He can't play outfield. The dude can't even right. play in the field. So, and someone even asked, like, how would you do that two year? Would you prorate the last five weeks of the season and That's then give him two said, years? Yeah. Ne- yeah, is that? I mean, is that? No, what you it'll would be. Do? Uh, yeah, it's a fifteen year, fifteen million for this year, and it'll be prorated for however much he plays for the Houston Astros. Oh, no, I see. He's okay. not getting okay. the full fifteen million this year. Yeah, so. no, I right and and. You know, and that's understandable. And I understand how someone would have that question because, you know, baseball contracts and and the ins and outs of all these financials, like when you really get into it, and I would love one day for someone to show me kind of the inside of these deals. Show I, I would love to have the opportunity to look at a contract, even if it was in confidence for you know, something from the past, like all the different things that they put on those contracts, because it's not just a sign you're getting 300 million and boom, you sign or sign you're getting 15 million. There are things in there. There are different parts of it. There are moving parts. There are guaranteed. There are, 
incentives. And it's an absolute legal nightmare if you're not a lawyer. And, you know, Scott Boris, it must be nice to be his client because it looks like, I mean, if this guy's getting looks and talks and he just had surgery in April, man, Scott Boris is a good salesman. But then again, maybe Conforto has something to offer. I, it just it just throws me off. Eric. It is not at all. If you would have said Michael Conforto's gonna possibly sign with the Astros in, you know, at the end of the season before the playoffs, it'd be like that. Is this a comedy show? Because it doesn't make sense. And so the Astros, if they do, they'll have to make it make sense. All right. Um, so I, somebody says that uh, we're wrong, that uh, Conforto is looking for a longer deal. I think at this point, after not being able to sign a contract over this past offseason, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he had a prospect being tied to him. That had something to do to him. Then he had the shoulder injury that kind of delayed him being uh, signing with the team. And the fact that he hasn't played baseball, like he's probably playing for an independent league right now, but he d- nobody knows he's, what he can offer. So he's not uh, in a, yeah, he's not he's in not a position. Gonna, right. Yeah, go ahead. He's not, like I was going to say, he's not in the position to demand a long-term deal at this point. He wants to do basically what Justin Verlander did this year. Prove that he's healthy. Come in, play for September, play into October, and then uh, in, in all next year and prove that he's healthy. He's just 29 years old. He still has a whole career ahead of him. He still can get a five-year deal after uh, that, after his uh, 29th uh, year or his 30 year, uh, 30 age season or whatever. Uh, but so he can still get that long-term deal. But I think that the Astros are looking at their themselves and being like, do we have enough to, yep. um, I think they have enough to beat the Yankees, but they're asking themselves, do they have enough to beat the NL teams? Yeah. But Michael Conforto is not that key. Michael Conforto is right. not the missing piece. Like, well, if we had Michael Conforto, we would definitely beat the Mets. That that's that's just not a logical piece. Um, when you are talking about this in in discussion and with him um, being on this team, I, I just it just it just doesn't really make it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, Eric. Um, because he has so much to prove, like you said. I mean, we just sent Jake Myers down because he's not one hundred percent with this shoulder. And this guy just had surgery in April. How's he supposed to be more ready? Um, how's he supposed to be able to hit more long-term? Let's say he hits good for a couple of games with whoever he signs with. Who's to say that's sustainable over a month, month and a half? You see what I'm saying? Right. So he's definitely not um, signing a long-term deal this year. We know that. And it's just one of those things that, you know, really makes you think. And and I want, I want to talk to y'all about something very serious, okay? Because – we live in a day and a time where people are driving all over the place. Your lives are busy, but it's never okay to drive stoned. If you feel different, you drive different, drive high, you get a DUI. It's never okay to drive stoned. You put yourself and others in danger. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different, drive high, get a DUI. Do you think it's okay to drive stoned? The truth is your reaction time slows way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? The worst that can happen is something somebody can end up hurt, including yourself. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. 
it's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. This message is brought to you by the NHTSA. If you feel different, you'll drive different. Hey, Brett, I'm so excited. Um, at the end of the month, I'm going to see Steve Trevino. Um, this is something, it's a comedian I've been looking forward to. And you know how I got those tickets? Simple Seats. It, it's great. Uh, tell them about that, man. Yeah, so Simple Seats is this place where you go to get tickets for Houston sporting events, Houston Astros. Like Y'all like having more money in your pocket, correct? I know I do. When that means if I buy tickets to a game, I'm not going to break the bank. I've used Simple Seats. I even used them a year before we even had them on the show as a sponsor. And I know they're trusted. I know they're guaranteed. I don't have the silly 20% fee tacked on the end of my transaction. I can pick my seat or I can go to zone seating, which gives me an even bigger discount. So the goal for Simple Seats is get you to an Astros game, Rockets game, Texans game, A&M, UT, U of H, more teams are on their way. And you'll see the great selection they have. You'll see the great prices they have and the affordable prices. So you can go to more and more and more games. So it's, it's simple. You, you go to simpleseats.com, you sign up, you use the promo code locked on 10, you get $10 off your first $50 purchase or more. That's locked on 10 for $10 off your first $50 purchase or more. You go to simple seats. There's no fees. It's easy to find less money, more games. It's that simple. All right, so we all know who big Nick Totoro is. He's a big Yankees fan, he, and you might know him for cussing and making these videos about why the, the freaking Yankees, they keep on losing and all that stuff. But he's just made a video to say, why not take a shot with Michael Conforto? He's a good hitter. So if he's wanting the Yankees to take a shot with him, then why not the Astros? So I just think that the – oh take. <laughs> You you said take a shot. I was like, wait, we just got the wait. Oh, take a shot, like like sign him. I'm sorry, yes. I was my mind my mind was in a different place after that read. My, my apologies. <laughs> but so I I don't know what's gonna happen with this. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Uh, I don't know what what it means for Alvarez. Does that mean that the hands are really not good? He did not play in today's game. Uh, I don't know if he's, uh, if Dusty Baker talked about it after the game. I haven't seen any reports about um, Alvarez after the game. But this is something like, I guess we're going to see more Alvarez in left field if this happens. Because Conforto is not, he with his shoulder, he can hit, but he can't play the outfield. And it says that. So Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, like I said, until I hear something definitive from like a reliable source that, that says this thing's happened, I just, I just don't, I just don't, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, who, who are you going to not have on the playoff roster because of Conforto? I mean, um, I tell you right now, though, I tell you who I don't expect to be on this playoff roster, Eric, and that's Mauricio Dubon. I, I just, I just don't see him being on this roster. I'm dead serious. Um, he's an absolute zero at the plate right now. And okay. I'm just saying, I, I mean. Who's going to be center fielder then? I don't know. I just. I mean, I thought I thought Conforto was going to be that guy until they said, "Oh, he can't play outfield." Well, I don't know. I guess I guess Dubon makes his way on, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, there are a couple concerning places. Is Diaz going to be healthy? How healthy? But one of the concerns I don't have is Alex Bregman, is Jose Altuve who performed in the game, and heck, David Hensley even got a, right. got on got on the hit hit parade today against the Rangers. 
Yeah, I know Chaz McCormick plays center field, but uh, he he's limited by the jam pinky right now. He couldn't even play in today's game. He did play on defense, but he couldn't bat. So I know Dusty Baker's playing a safe with him. So uh, I mean, I know come playoff time, his jam pinky is not going to be issue. And Dubon, he's got the dynamite arm in uh, center field. And I know the defense can't be the end all, um, whatever. But yeah, I was looking at him like, wait, uh, does he actually play center field at uh, Conforto? And he does. He's actually played um, in his career. He's played, uh, let me see, about 146 games in center field. So he has played some games in center field. So, uh, but, but with a that coming matter. off a, coming off shoulder surgery, I don't think he's going to be able to. Well, well, because his his agent said he's only going to DH. Right. So he's already confirmed that he's not going to play in the field. So let's. Let's do this. Let's move on from the Conforto thing because I think we're kind of beating a dead horse here. It it really is me. It doesn't mean anything to me until something actually happens. Um, um, Javier, I actually, yeah. no, uh, Mr. Corona says, just say y'all don't want Conforto. No, I actually, I wouldn't mind having him on. I don't know if I want him as the everyday DH. I wouldn't mind him as extra bat off the bench. So if well, he's coming on, if, if he's if, good. If he's coming on as an everyday guy, he's got to prove it. So if he's going to come on and just be a guy that's going to strike out every time because he's not ready for competition, then no, he doesn't deserve to start over uh, somebody else. But if he's going to come up and earn the position, sure, he can be DH, put Alvarez in left field, and just pray that um, he the defense – I mean, he's good, a defender. He's a decent defender out there. But you're going to lose some defense out in uh, left field if you're going to put Alvarez out there. But um, if Conforto is going to come on here to be a pinch hitter, a power hitter off the bench, somebody that can get some spot starts, if that's what the Astros are bringing him in for, for the 2022 season, then great. That's perfect. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that I don't want him. It's that I don't want to discuss it until I know what the what is going on, <laughs> because there's no point of talking about it. It's really a waste of conversation. He can only DH, and if we're bringing him on to only DH, it makes me wonder about Jordan Alvarez. As far as I know, the club has not indicated that Jordan Alvarez is going to be out for a ultra. You know, I mean, they expect to have him back. So um, that's I, I just to me it. Why would you sign a guy that's that's coming off major shoulder surgery? that that's two years, $30 million. You don't know what he's going to be when he comes back. Um, now, Jake Myers and Conforto, two different players. Conforto better than Myers, but you saw what Myers did when he came back from shoulder surgery. Who's to say that that same stuff won't happen? So I think today it's, it's, it's really important that we focus on the fact that Christian Javier started out, Eric, with 30 pitches in the first inning. And mm-hmm. it looked like, Christian Javier wasn't going to last past inning one. I mean, they had people warming up in the up in the bullpen pretty early, and he ended with ninety six pitches, and sixty five of them were strikes. He did a recording seven strikeouts. He only had three walks. He only gave up four hits, and he only gave up three runs. Typically, when a pitcher throws thirty innings, I mean thirty pitches in the first inning, that typically spells disaster. And yeah. he got it back together and he fought through it. So good for him. Yeah, it was actually 21 pitches before the first out and 38 total pitches in that inning. 38, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, 
but I get your point. It was just, it was crazy. Dusty Baker was even starting to warm up a pitcher in that situation. And we're like, Oh, here we go. We're down to five starters. And now you're going to have this situation and we don't even have Hunter Brown to come in at this point. So this is definitely interesting, but uh, this is what Javier said. The, the breaking ball just wasn't working. And I think a lot of the hitters were just sitting on the fastball and that's why they're able to just get a lot of foul balls there. And uh, so Javier just threw a lot of four, uh, he threw 14 breaking balls. Only one of them generated swing and miss and uh, they spoiled about 10 of the fastballs uh, as well. And uh, Dusty Baker had to get up and Maton in the first inning. So that was a pretty weird situation, something that we're not used to, especially yeah. with as successful as Christian Javier has been this year. But um, uh, over, um, but the good thing that uh, from this game is for a second straight game, the Astros did something against a very dominant left-handed pitcher in Martin Perez. And somebody who doesn't walk a lot of batters, they they drew uh, uh, what three walks today, or actually four walks um, in the five innings. So uh, that that was um, great, and three of them came around to score. And he's only allowed two point nine walks per nine innings in his previous uh, twenty five starts. So this is not Perez. The Astros just very patient today. At the same time, they were very impatient and they stranded a lot of runners on base. And they that seems did. to be the uh, like they're three for 10 with runners in scoring position. That seems a big uh, to go off yesterday's show and big boo boo that the Astros can't seem to get to heal. And that's something well, that's going to come back and bite them in the playoffs. They were actually three for 13. So that's even worse. So you actually oh, okay. gave them props. You gave them a 300 average where they have. No, that's a, still- sorry. That's actually against Perez. Oh, Perez. Okay. Yeah, well, they sorry. were, okay. Well, they were three. That's okay. They were three for 13 in the game. They left 13 on base and Dubon left seven on base. Um, Tucker left five on base. So the guys behind him, Hensley got three hits. Vasquez got two hits and they, between those two guys, they only scored one run each. And the reason why they only scored one run is because Mauricio Dubon was a rally killer today. And you spoiled a three-hit game by Hensley. Had Hensley been hitting a little higher, maybe he comes around to score. Maybe he gets some RBIs. But, you know, Kyle Tucker left five on base. The Astros are leaving too many men on base. And they typically do this, but what's weird is they're 17 and 11 right now in August. They have a they have a better record. In 2017, they were 11 and 17. They were six games under. 500. And so this is August, a big time switch. August, August has traditionally been a bad month for the Houston Astros. And they're 17 and 11. Right. Is that a bad month? I mean, it's a winning month. Right. It's not bad. I mean, what do they have to be? Uh, 20 no, no, and no. what? You know what I'm You're saying? You're not listening to what I'm saying. It's been traditionally a right. bad month. And no, so I know. This is good. Yeah. But I keep hearing people say, oh, you know, they just really, they kind of slip off in, in, in August. They've actually won more than they've lost. And right. now they've won nine series in a row against the Rangers, continue their dominance, and they go on to Los Angeles uh, to play the 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 Angels Angels of Anaheim. So the Los Angeles Angels is the the and then Angels Angels. Because you say the, Los is the in Spanish, then Angeles is Angels. So they're the the Angels Angels. That's their name in English. 
I'm just, I'm here reporting the facts. Okie dokie. Um, uh, I mean, House, think about it. <laughs> open House went great, guys. Thank you. Um, and Mr. JC Will, it was, I, I mentioned on Twitter that we're going to have a later show oh, because we're open I was like, house, how do they so. know we're open house? He's like, people are <laughs> yeah. stalking us. What the heck? Yeah. Uh, so it went great. But um, yeah, that's why our show is a little bit later today. But um, yeah, the Astros um, still have a four and a half game lead over the Yankees. Unless did they play tonight? I haven't looked. Um, we literally just walked in the door about 20 minutes ago. So, uh, but the Astros yes, have a the big Yan- lead. The Yankees are playing the Angels right now. Okay. And it's, so it's zero it's to nothing. zero. Yeah, nothing, nothing. So right now they have a four-and-a-half game lead over the um, in the AL, and so they're trying to hold on to that number one spot. Is that a big deal for the, the ALDS? Maybe not, but for the ALCS, yes, it is, because you want that home field advantage. I know the Astros did in 2017. They took uh, – they lost – I mean, it helped them. In the, the 2017 series to get to win that series because they they won the first two games, then they lost all three games in New York, and then they came back and won the two games in Houston. So, yes, home field advantage is so big in the ALCS. Do you absolutely have to have it? No, but it's so much better. So um, do the Astros have a chance to beat the um, 107 wins they got in, uh, in 2019? I don't know. They'll have to go 23 and eight the rest of the way to match that record. And I don't know if they can, they're capable of it, but Justin Verlander's out. We don't know uh, what's going on with Alvarez. Is he going to miss an extended amount of time? Um, Martin Malnado, um, what's going on there. So we'll see what's, uh, what's going on in that situation. But the Astros are just a great team. They've, this is the first time they've been really hit by the injury bug to this extreme like with Verlander out, Brantley out, and now they're having all these little um, minor injuries with Diaz and all this. So I know that McCullers has been out for most of the year. Then he just recently come back. But we're right. just right now having this brash of injuries. And the Astros are still having a big um, a, the, one of the best records in baseball. So they're still a good team. Yeah, they are. And I I love what we have coming. I think our pitchers are going to be – the superstars of this playoffs. I think Bregman and Altuve are going to lead the charge. And I just can't wait till we get through this month of September. It's just um, the playoffs couldn't get here soon enough. I'm anxiously awaiting it. And I mean, this has been a long season, Eric, this has been a long season, but it's been a fun season. And like I said, I'm going to stick with Framber Valdez being one of my dark horse candidates. He just moved into number three in the favorites for the Cy Young. He actually jumped McClanahan in some people's rankings of pitchers right now. We may see Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez being one and one A like we did in 2019 when it was Cole and Verlander. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to face Shohei Otani on Saturday. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, that's And we're actually going to face them the next two Saturdays. So this Saturday and the next Saturday. So that's going to be um, all Shohei Otani all the time. So that's that's what the Lock on Podcast. Shohei Saturday, right? So so we'll face him in Anaheim and then in Houston? Uh, yeah. Awesome. I love it. Hey, I'm there. Man, I got to be there for that. I got to see me some 
Shohei, I'd I'd love to uh I love to watch that guy take like batting practice. Well, I guess if he's pitching, I don't, if he's pitching, does he take batting practice? I would like uh, to. Know I'm sure that. he does. I'm sure he does because he hits right. Right. So yeah, dude, and like Shohei Tani, man, like that guy, he's gone. There's there's no way the Angels keep him around because why would you wait till the end of that guy's contract? Because he doesn't stay in L.A. and hey, or in I'm sorry, Anaheim and the angels are up for sale. I mean, they've got all kinds of stuff wrong with that organization. <laughs> How do you have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and just be, ter- just, you're just terrible all the time. And, you know, I love watching those guys play baseball because they're some of the best and they play it with the best attitude, but right. man, what a waste of talent on a club that just continues to spin its wheels and go nowhere. I know we've complained about the Astros scoring runs, but if you look at what they've done um, per month with their OPS and their runs per game, uh, you you might be surprised. Like in April, they had a 661 OPS. They scored 3.8 runs per game. We all remember how much the offense scored in uh, that. Uh, And then May, they had 736 OPS. They scored 4.2 runs per game. In June, they have a 788 OPS, and they scored 4.8 runs per game. In July, they had a 771 OPS, and they scored 4.9 runs per game. And in August, their OPS went way down to 735. We all know that they uh, they had a little bit of struggles, but their runs per game were still up 4.7. The Astros' ERA per month is April 3.59, May 2.26, June 3.22, July 3.25 and August 3.0. And a lot of the August issues has to do with the bullpen. But I do want to say something about Wednesday's game versus the Rangers. That looked like a much more confident bullpen. That looked like a bullpen that would be ready. That's October ready. And I think the Astros bullpen just hit a wall. They just were like exhausted. And um, I think they're just all, they had fatigue. And now they look like they're confident. Neris, the game before, he got the save. Then Montero came in, got the save today. So you have any any number of guys that can come in and get the save. So. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you want to see. You want to see them bounce back. You want to, because they have been struggling. And what's funny is when they struggle, people complain. When they're successful, nobody says anything. <laughs> like, man, Montero was dominant that inning. You know, Stanek <laughs> killed it. I mean, maybe maybe Stanek, right? But right. this this relief core is one of the top relief cores in all of baseball. We've got the top rotation in all of baseball from front to back. When everybody's healthy, everybody's on the field, look at our numbers. Look at our war numbers for our pitchers versus every other top four, top five. Nobody compares. We, we are the best, and we don't have DeGrom Scherzer back-to-back, but we have Verlander, and we have Framber, I think, two of the top pitchers in the American League this year. And Christian Javier is serviceable. Jose Arquiti is really having a good year. And Luis Garcia, he's been sputtering lately, but he has the ability to do great things and get a lot of strikeouts in a game. So I think I think they go into Anaheim and take care of business, to be honest. Maybe Shohei takes care of them in the first set, six or seven innings he's in there, and then the Astros take it from there. But then again, um, you know, Alex Bregman uh, versus Shohei Otani. Alex Bregman, Eric, is batting three seventy five for his career against him. And, and so we, we, will, we will talk about that on our next show, um, about him versus Bregman. 
Right. And Bregman is, has been hot in August. He's bad. He's got slash line at 362, 452, 681 with seven home runs, 22 RBIs, and 94 at bats. And Altuve has been red hot as well 330, 412, 540 with three home runs, 11 RBIs, and 100 at bats. So those guys have gotten red hot as um, Alvarez has kind of cooled down a little bit. And so um, that's good sign. Tucker's um, kind of been up and down. He's had a couple hitting streak, but the power has um, kind of uh, got dipped a little bit, but I'm not worried about him at all. But um, a lot of people are talking about a Savannah banana outfielder named uh, Josh Reddick and how he's called out uh, the Dodgers for cheating on Twitter. And I don't want to spend a lot of that, a lot of time on that, but uh, he basically said uh, to a Dodgers fan, I, I mean, I don't know if it went further, but he basically said, so you think your team uh, didn't do it as well. But a lot of people on um, on the chat board are saying, well, instead of going out and getting Michael Conforto, why don't you go out and get uh, Josh Reddick? Because he can potentially play outfield for you instead. But I, he's playing for a, a exhibition baseball team in Savannah, yeah. Georgia. <laughs> so no. Look, love, love Josh Reddick. Nobody, nobody matches that guy's enthusiasm, energy, and love for the game. I mean, a great guy all around, right. a great community guy. Um, you know, and and really, really fell off statistically his last year here. That's why he didn't stay with the Astros. Right. And I mean, yes, that would be great. That you know, it kind of reminds me of the people saying, "Let's just bring Marwin back." Mar- no, no, don't bring Marwin back. <laughs> No, not you again know, this year. <laughs> but, you know, and, and and Josh Reddick, I don't think he signed a contract. I think he was kind of doing a guest appearance. He made an amazing catch in, yeah. in right he field. He made Sports Center. He, he, had, he hit that massive bomb. He took his jersey off. He had the Spider-Man shirt. And then he did the Nature Boy Ric Flair walk to the plate. That is that is what you love. I mean, it, it would be cool to have him in the locker room. Like, I think, I think Josh Reddick should be like, I don't know, a hitting coach or – a fielding coach just to have that guy around in the right. clubhouse would be fun. Would be cool. I promise you, you you may see him in the playoffs with the Astros. You may see him wearing an Astros jersey sitting in the stands. He is oh, he's that kind still of big guy. supporter. Yeah, he still supports the Astros, and a lot of the players from the 2017 team they still talk like they they're a member of the team just because they have that bond that team shared. And so I, I just I just think that's awesome. So. Um, while we wait to see as the uh, 11 o'clock deadline, I think it's midnight Eastern, so that'll make it 11 o'clock our time. Deadline approaches. Uh, we don't. We still don't know who's going to be DFA'd to add uh, Hunter Brown, and I know that uh, James Click did not confirm that Yiner Diaz is coming up, uh, but though that's what the report by Mark Berman said. So. Two players, if that's the case, then two players will be needed to DFA to add space to the 40 man roster. And maybe, just maybe, that's why uh, he couldn't confirm that DS was coming up because they're talking to Michael Conforto. That's my conspiracy theory. Oh, maybe so. I just, it just doesn't make sense to me why you would get a guy that can only DH. You're just going to take, I mean, unless they just don't think Jordan's going to be able to hit for two or three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> someone says trout is garbage. So is Mancini. Well, okay. You know, you you have the right to your own opinion. Um, yeah. You know, Nico Goodrum comes to mind. Like I said, a 
Mushinsky type player who I think would would clear waivers. The Astros would be able to sign. Right now, Blanco but, he he can throw hard, but, but I think he struggled with but commands. Here's, but here's the thing, and and here's a point I was going to make going going back to Conforto, Eric. Um, yes. What? Anyways, no, not Tyler White. <laughs> not Tyler we're not. So we're not signing Tyler. No, we're not signing Tyler White or Brett Wallace. Okay. So, um, so here's the deal with with the uh, Michael Conforto. I was thinking about Scott Casimir. I remember when Scott Casimir made a comeback as a pitcher, and he was pitching with the Sugarland Skeeters when they were independent, and mm-hmm. he did so well that the Oakland A's signed him to that like one or two year deal, and then he had success, and then he signed another deal. But then after that, he kind of fell off. Michael Conforto is going to have to. Michael Conforto, what my point is, he's going to have to sign a short-term deal, prove himself before he gets anything longer term. And he may come back a better, stronger player with whoever signs him. But I think Hunter Brown being a part of this team is catamount to helping this team out. And I think Hunter Brown is the type of kid of what I know about him, what I've seen. That even as a rookie, Eric, he could really help this ball club. Jenner Diaz, I think, could help this club as well. But we don't know what those moves are going to be, and we're not going to extend this podcast to an hour and a half long just to find out who that is. We'll talk about it on the next podcast for sure. Um, somebody seems to be thinking that uh, they made a move already, but maybe not. All right. All right. So, um, that's all we got for this edition of, I mean, somebody just made it seem like, uh, he already got waived, but I haven't seen anything official about it. Who, uh, hold on. Who, hold on. Who got waived? Goodrum? Yeah, but I'm sure Goodrum's going to get waived, but I haven't seen anything official about that yet, but somebody has got to get waived in order to open a spot on a 40 man roster. Just being on taxi squad doesn't get your foot in the door. You have to actually get on a 40 man roster. So uh, that has to be done by 11 um, PM tonight, central time. And if Michael Conforto wants to hop aboard the Astros train to the world series, he better get a signing because that deadline's approaching too. You've got what? An hour. Let's go, buddy. So, okay. Someone, listen, listen to this. Someone shared with me a picture. I won't say who. They said Michael Conforto is in Houston. He's at the Marriott. I think he's signing. And it's clearly, it's a Photoshop picture. I know. Conforto. I already saw that. It's totally oh, you already saw that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Just, but this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about, folks. Um, you know, yeah. do we need to do an after the show show, Eric? I don't know. Um, yeah, if, we, if we may do incredible, that. Let me know. Okay. All right. Let's, that's all we got for this edition of up. the locked on. Yeah. That's all we got for this edition of the locked on Astros podcast. Great series. Another victory for the Houston Astros. Keep on getting those W's. It's always great to beat up on your, um, the buddies from the North. And, uh, that's all we got. My name is Eric Heisman. He is Brett H. Down wheelhouse. We are the locked on Astros podcast. <laughs> and we'll talk to you later. Go Astros. <laughs>